Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. Nate Antetomaso and Evan Knowles here. We have a great conversation this week. It's a little bit more general. It's about how all these tech companies, everybody from Silicon Valley, from New York, they're starting to hire people in the Midwest, in Middle America. Why is that? Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Middle Tech Podcast. Nate Antetomaso here in Chicago, Illinois, joined by Evan Knowles down in Lexington, Kentucky. How you doing, man? Doing well. I'm back in Lexington after a, a great trip to Costa Rica. Back in the States. Costa Rica. It... Let me tell you right yeah, now. Yeah, what was the coolest thing you did? If people haven't been to Costa Rica or even have it on their... If, the, if you don't have Costa Rica on your radar as far as a place to go for vacation, you should. I mean, that place is dope. I mean, there's so much to do there. I uh, I was in a small town called Manuel Antonio on the coast, which is right next to. Uh, actually, I you know did some research, and it's one of the nicest national parks in the entire world. Um, it's a national park that's a rainforest, but it's like right on the beach. Um, so that's where I stayed for six nights. Um, was was there? So I could. I'd never been to South America or Central America, and yeah, uh, never seen a rainforest. Uh, so kind of wanted to knock two things out of off the list there um, in Costa Rica there's just so much to do it's it's, it's uh, full of like it's it's somewhere you go for adventure like if you want to go yeah. parasailing and ATV and horseback riding and hiking and you know zip lining then it's just the perfect place how did you choose Costa Rica over any other country down there I don't want to be elitist and American and say they're all the same, but I mean, I'm sure they all compete for, for your dollars when you come visit. How did you choose Costa Rica? I mean, it was like, again, like when I did my research, I, I wanted to go somewhere with the rainforest and really nice beaches. Um, mm-hmm. So I just typed in nicest beaches in South America yeah. and Central America, um, and Costa Rica continually came up. Yeah. And then I wanted to go somewhere where there's just plenty to do. I was definitely spending a lot of time on the beach, but I also wanted to... Um, I went parasailing. I did a lot of hiking uh, and went up in the mountains and stuff. So I just wanted to go somewhere to clear my mind. And part of that is, you know, having a lot of to do uh, and, and occupy your mind. So um, and take your mind off things. And Costa Rica just seemed like the best place to go. Yeah. Was the rainforest the coolest part? Uh, I'd say so. I mean, the beach was amazing. Um, but the rainforest is just like one of those things that it's only along the equator. It's not like you can just go to the rainforest somewhere in America. Yeah. Um, so it's just one of those places that uh, is pretty exotic. Uh, and then um, I went to a really cool park with uh, really awesome waterfalls. Um, so I hiked up so. this big mountain and, and found uh, some, some really cool waterfalls. And um, it's, just, it's just a totally different experience. I mean, it's just nothing that you, if you haven't been to a rainforest, there's nothing that you can even compare it to. Yeah. Because it's just that different. I remember, like, I feel like being a kid, like, a lot of cartoons or, you know, shows or whatever always have a rainforest setting, and it seemed like a much bigger deal. That and, like, uh, quicksand. The wild thornberries? <laughs> yeah, yeah. As a kid, like, all of these, like, exotic, like, ecology things seem like a big deal, and then you just start living your real life, and you realize that it's so separated from you. So, 
it's cool that you like were there and you actually experienced it and I definitely need to go and I, I need to go somewhere in Central America that's just a whole region of the world that I, I haven't paid any attention to and any thought to but I feel yeah, like the, I mean you can to tell expand when you borders. Go there that nobody like it's 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 becoming a tourist attraction but yeah. there's nothing there that's even relatively f- that feels developed like the buildings mm-hmm. there are still made of sheet metal and clay and <laughs> none so of them cool. even look look nice they're just simple like they just serve a purpose yeah um, and the you know the streets are fine um but it, it's just a totally different place it's very uh underdeveloped and um, mm-hmm. you know over time that'll change but you know, it's a really cool place. Yeah, and that's one thing too. I've been thinking of like, I've been to I've been to like the Dominican Republic, which might be outside of the scope. But if I think about it, like I've never been outside of Western culture. Like when I've been abroad, I've been to Canada or to the Bahamas or to Europe, which is, I mean, it's different, but it's all Western culture. I, I need to get outside of that and and go to Asia, go to Central America, and some of these underdeveloped areas, and just get outside of my comfort zone. Yeah. Yeah. And that was another thing I was trying to do was just do something so different that I, mm-hmm. uh, and we'll, you know, I'll speak more about it, but, um, actually I'll get into it a little bit here. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I am currently, uh, switching, uh, jobs. I'm working for a different startup coming very soon, uh, here in Lexington. Uh, so I've been at Fuji for three and a half years. Uh, we've done, you know, amazing work and I loved it. It's the best years of my life. Um, but I wanted to make a change and, and join a different startup and then build something else and get a new type of experience. Um, so I, I went to Costa Rica in between uh, leaving Fuji and starting my new uh, career at uh, Avail. Um, and so I just wanted to go somewhere and uh, go have a different experience and get off the grid for a while. And, yeah. and that's that's what I was able to achieve. So, yeah, part of going to Costa Rica was to get outside my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, we've talked a lot about this move and you going to Vail, and I know you're going to get into it more on a later episode, but I'm excited to see what's next for you, man. And I, I think our, our audience is going to be excited to hear when we talk a little bit about it more. Yeah, no, it's it's really exciting uh, company, uh, mm-hmm. awesome product. Um, you know, we talked about Yext. There's a lot of overlaps <laughs> between Yext and, and Avail. Yeah. Um, you know, everything I feel like. Uh, that was one of those cliches. Everything happens for a reason. And I studied Yext really hard. Uh, I've been studying sales and building teams, and I've been studying startups really hard. And, um, you know, I just felt like it was time to move on from Fuji, and Avail kind of presented itself to me, and, you know, yeah. I took advantage. I wanted to make that leap. And I'll I'll definitely get into it more on a, on a later episode and fully explain what Avail is. Uh, but it's a pretty comprehensive platform that uh, is really, I think, something special. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you're back in the States, back in the Midwest, down in Kentucky, or the South. We like to consider it the Midwest here on Middle Tech. Um, and what we're going to talk about today is is related to the whole region. You know, it's we obviously both have special ties to Kentucky, um, but if Kentucky, along with Middle America in general, is going to become a bigger player in the tech scene, the whole region needs to be lifted up. So we've done some research, and today we're excited to talk about technology and, and the big players in tech coming to the region. Yeah, no, it's a really important part of uh, building an ecosystem. And so some big companies Mm -hmm. like Google, Amazon, Salesforce, WeWork, uh, these are all big tech platforms that employ a lot of people and are doing a lot of innovative things. And so when they move inward, uh, it's a big deal. And it's a lot of, uh, you know, PR worthy news. 
Yeah, I think I think we need to set the stage a little bit, and it's something we've talked about a couple times before. And I, on the first episode of this podcast, we explained why we were doing it, and we we talked about it a little bit. But when you have the the major players in tech and the the major you know the the high executives and the 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 big players, I think people think a lot of the the power hubs of technology. One as being the Bay Area, you know, San Francisco and Silicon Valley. Um, but, you know, L.A. and New York are right behind there. And, of course, all of these major hubs are on the coast, whether it's the West or East Coast. The coast of the country have been dominating tech for, I mean, the, the all of recent history. Um, but there's starting to be issues with that concentration. And more and more, especially over the last six months, We've seen these major players, whether it's big companies, whether it's big divisions of those companies, start to look inward, inward, start to look at the Midwest, start to look at middle America as a whole, as a place to escape some of the problems, um, but as well as to tap into this network of talent that just isn't on the coast because they have all the talent on the coast. So now they need to find more talent. They need to find uh, cheaper rent. They need to find all of these these solutions to continue to scale and to t- continue to grow. And I think over the past six months, the past year, the Midwest has proved as, as a great area to do that and is really going to start seeing the benefits in the near future. Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. And just to be fair to middle America, mm-hmm. the majority of the world population lives along coasts. So yeah. that's a trend that is outside of technology in the first that's place. True. And I think that's just fair to put out there because – yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's just as part of, you know, human nature to move towards the coast because that's where resources are. But yeah, what you said there is right. on. I mean, point. that has like, to do with anthropology yes. all the way back. Like people yeah. live next to water. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, technology is just an extension of, of humans. So mm-hmm. it's just evolution. Now, what you just said is really important, which is in order for these c- companies to continue to scale and do yeah. so efficiently and tap into resources, eventually they're going to run out of that on the coast. And that's what we're seeing is, you know, the demand for these jobs is so high um, that rents, you know, are increasing at an unsustainable rate. Mm-hmm. Um, land is not available on the coast like it was. And that, that attributes to, of course, raises in rent, but also infrastructure issues. Yeah. Um, and so they have to move inwards. Um, and so that's just part of the natural evolution of technology. Um, and I, I just wanted to make that connection to it's a human trend. Yeah. Uh, it, you just have to kind of set that stage that you know middle America is just at a disadvantage right from the get go because yeah. of that overarching trend. Yeah, that's true. I'm actually that's funny that you say that. I'm reading this book right now. It's called um, Devil in the White City. Um, it's pretty popular, and I'm reading it because I'm here in Chicago. But it's about um, it's about a serial killer during the Chicago World's Fair in the the 1890s. But a big part of it is just setting the stage of the World's Fair coming to Chicago, um, and they were up for the bid against um, D.C. and New York. Uh, And nobody who... Well, everybody in New York and D.C. had this big campaign of, the World's Fair can't go to Chicago. They're uncivilized. They don't have the same artistic ability. They're in the middle of America. People are going to have to take the train. It's just like all this looking down at Chicago because it's not along the coast. It's not what was traditionally considered higher class. And and that's, I mean, that's a hundred-year-old issue there it's it goes back even further um so you're right technology is just an extension of that that common thought and it's not against middle america is not being technology savvy or anything like that it's just how it goes that's a really good point yeah Yeah. uh and i think it's just fair to say that because 
you know, being from Kentucky and I have a lot of pride in Kentucky, mm-hmm. like I know how far behind we are because one, I've lived in LA and two, I travel a lot. So, uh, you know, it's just, I understand how yeah. far behind we are and that's what also motivates me. You know, that's why, you know, you and I are doing this podcast and that's why I'm so passionate about it and I want to, uh-huh. you know, potentially stay here my, my whole career. Um, because I want to be a part of that change and I understand why we have our disadvantages because yeah. I've seen what advantages LA has compared to LA or compared to Lexington. So, yeah. um, you know, yeah, I think there's a lot that needs to be done here and I, I, I can see the path towards improvement. Um, mm-hmm. and so that's, you know, one of the pieces to that is this podcast. Yeah. So let's get into a couple specifics. I think a good one that we can start with that everybody has heard about is Amazon and the search for HQ2. Um, they, you know, they had like a year and a half long progress to search for this thing. And we talked about it on here before. It was a brilliant PR campaign for a year and a half. Um, but basically they decided they were going to split HQ2 into two areas, um, New York and Virginia. And then there was a big backlash in New York about tax credits and about the, the issues that that would cause, raised rents, all that stuff that we talked about. So they decided to pull out of New York. Those were the two big stories. And of course, those two locations are on the coast. But I think what kind of flew under the radar in the national sphere, even though it was big news in this area, was that they were opening uh, a big new office called the Operational Center for Excellence in Nashville. And that's going to have like 5,000 jobs. Yeah. And, th- and that's the biggest piece of news professionally Nashville has ever had. Yeah. Um, I mean, Amazon you can't top 5,000 jobs. No. And let's take the jobs out of it. Mm-hmm. Amazon is going to be the biggest company in human history. Like, they're already on, well on their way. Like, they already hit a trillion dollars. Um, they have like, been the most valuable to them and Apple bumping back and forth. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're talking about the most, they will more so than Apple. I think they're going to they're gonna be the most powerful company ever. I mean, they've got the richest man to ever walk the face of the earth as their yeah. CEO. But aside from like those numbers, they're just a company that's innovating so quickly that if they come to your city, it changes your city overnight. Yeah. And so having them come to Nashville is a huge deal for this region because of the jobs they're going to bring, but also just because of that brand that they're going to attach to Nashville. Um, and having that brand and having that kind of ecosystem that they're going to build out there in Nashville is going to change the city forever. Like it's already a quickly growing and changing city. But once yeah. Amazon really puts their roots in Nashville, it's going to be a completely different city. Yeah. So you, you're part of uh, Define Capital there in Lexington, which is you and some of our buddies uh, investing in some rental properties. Um, I When I was down there in Nashville earlier this year, or last year, I guess now, in 2018, I texted you guys that you had to check out Nashville because it has already been booming. And, yeah. I mean, just the city is exploding like crazy, and that was before Amazon announced this. So it's an exciting time to be in Nashville, to be a Tennessean. Um, but the, one of the first things I thought when I heard about it is um, the potential issues that are coming up with that because I've already heard about rent issues in Nashville. I've already heard about transportation issues and 5,000 new jobs in downtown isn't going to help those. Yeah. I mean, listen, it's, it's part of it. Now, once it becomes unsustainable, like, uh, you know, San Francisco and and New York is getting that way. And that's why there was the salaries have to increase and, you know, all of it just ties together. I mean, it's just economics, but I don't think the rent will be an issue. 
like there's there's always going to be gentrification. Like there's always going to be that side of the the capitalistic, ver, you know, values of the United States. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think that's an issue. The thing that I'm wondering is how is it going to affect you know the infrastructure and um, you know the development of the real estate there, the physical real estate in downtown. Um, because once you add that many jobs and you add that kind of um, brand, you know, they expect different standards. You know, they're, they're used to being in San Francisco and Portland um, and Seattle and New York, and those cities have much more advanced infrastructure. And so what they are going to have to bring to Nashville is some kind of level of something close to that. You know, mm-hmm. so it's going to up the infrastructure. And so for a period of time, you might see some issues with uh, people needing to get from one side of the city to the other. Uh, they're going to have to solve that with various forms of transportation. So, um, yeah, th- there could definitely be some issues. Yeah. Have you been down to Nashville recently? I have. Uh, now, yeah. I can't say I've been beyond Broadway, where all the bars yeah. are, uh, a <laughs> whole course. lot. Yeah. Um, so I haven't, like, walked around other major parts of the city, but... But uh, even, yeah, even Broadway, I mean, the, there's a, right across mm-hmm. from the, the stadium the, where the Predators play, um, there's a huge development going on right now. Um, and then even within like three or four blocks every direction, I, I kind of took an afternoon and just walked around all downtown last year. I mean, there's construction everywhere. Um, and you can see it from every part of downtown. So they're already building up and like i said it's already been kind of booming and i think everybody knows that and so this is just the latest piece of that what is cool though and you touched on they're going to have to hit infrastructure i think traffic is going to be an issue specifically is amazon mentioned that they said like this could be an issue and we think it will be and they've committed to helping with that i don't know if that's money or if that's strategy or what but I, I think it's a good sign that they they recognize that the power and the influence they have, and they want to be a solution, not a problem. Yeah, and I mean, once you get companies that size, mm-hmm. it is almost its own country. Like it's a, it's it's its own it's its own little entity. Like they have their own strategy, they have their own governances. Like so, them and the state and city governments for Tennessee and Nashville are going to have to collaborate. And I bet Nashville's gonna, or Amazon, in a lot of ways, is gonna get what they want, just because it's, you know, Amazon, and because of how much power they have. And if you're Amazon, you you do have a vested interest to improve yeah. the community, because if you can improve the community, then it's just again what we're gonna keep talking about on this episode and throughout this, you know, podcast is it's an ecosystem, mm-hmm. and so they're gonna have to improve the ecosystem, and that part of that ecosystem is the infrastructure and the, you know, way people move around in transportation. For sure. One thing I just want to hit on before we jump to, to a different topic is just the 5,000 jobs. Because to, to give that some perspective to people in Lexington, UK has about 5,000 faculty members. That's not employees, that's like faculty. So it doesn't include support staff. Um, but that's, you know, professors, researchers, executives, faculty. There's about 5,000 of them. And those are all high paying jobs. So imagine if you just took that out of Lexington, how impactful that would be. And so imagine that coming to Nashville and how impactful that will be. 5,000 high paying jobs. Uh, it's kind of, it's hard to fathom. Yeah. I mean, to put some numbers on it, this is yearly income for this, for individuals. That's yeah. seven hundred and fifty million dollars per year in income. 
So the yeah. average salary is right going to be right around 150k according to sources for these new 5,000 jobs. Yeah. And so you multiply that out by 5,000, that's mm-hmm. 750 million dollars going into the Nashville community into people's pockets every year. Every year, yeah. And so they're going to spend that on restaurants. They're going to spend it on housing. They're going to spend it on entertainment. They're going to be, you know, I mean, that, that's stimulus to the economy. And so it's a big deal. You know, once you put that number on it, $750 million mm-hmm. a year, if you do the math on that, 150, $750 million, rather, a year is a big deal. Yeah, that's insane. That's, that's a really good way to put it. Like that, that, that's transformational money. Well, that's close to a billion dollars. And once again, it flew like the, the whole reason we're doing this podcast. I'm getting worked up now. It flew under the radar, like it was a line item on all of the all of the news stories when Amazon announced it, and it hasn't gotten any play except for locally since then. That's insane. It's just yeah, it's part of the issue. Um, yeah. One of the things I wanted to talk about on this episode, and one of the topics that we're gonna have, you know, in a couple more episodes with a with a really awesome guest is. This podcast and PR and press is yeah. a really important part of the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, us being at Fuji and helping grow Fuji and you being a part of the marketing team and just me uh, being a part of the sales team and really growing that company at Fuji, there was no PR talking about what we were doing, but yeah. there's no company in Kentucky or even this region of the United States doing anything close to what we were doing at Fuji. And nobody talked about us around here. And that's on a, a weekly, big working with Disney, working with yes. Amazon, working with Viacom, with Adidas. Like, that's insane. Yes. That is not being done around here. And the fact nobody talks about it is a really big problem. Like, if, if Amazon comes to Nashville and people in Kentucky aren't talking about it, people in Ohio aren't talking about it, people in this region aren't talking about it, that's a big, that's a problem. Because that's just part of the ecosystem is press and word of mouth and excitement around these kind of things. Because yeah. What that does is it brings more awareness to Nashville is growing. And so then more talented people look at Nashville and say, oh, that might be somewhere I want to move. Mm-hmm. So let me move there. And then talent increases. And then VCs need to see that news as well because yeah. VCs need to know this is going on in Lexington. And if that many talented people are growing this awesome company in Lexington, maybe I need to keep my eye on Lexington because those talented people are going to either stay at Lexington or stay at Fuji and continue to grow Fuji. Or they're going to start their own company, and then maybe you know I can speak to them about that new company. And yeah. so, like PR is an important part of the ecosystem and getting out the word that innovation is happening because it just leads to a lot of other things. And if nobody's talking about Lexington getting Amazon, that's a big problem. Nashville getting Amazon. Yes, yes. What did yeah. I say, Lexington? Yeah, that'd be nice. But yeah. I mean, I want to I want to touch on that though, like. Nashville getting Amazon could be good for Lexington because you get all these people coming into Nashville. One, they're going to want to take vacations, and some of them are going to come to Keeneland, all the obvious stuff. But as a, a regional thing, if if people see that talent is moving to Nashville and, and it can work in Nashville, Lexington's going to want to compete. There's going to be grants that are created. There's going to be VC money that, that comes across the border. It's going to lift the whole region up, but not if people don't talk about it, just like you were saying. Yeah. And I, just just like Nashville could can support an Amazon, Lexington can support a company X that wants to bring people here or wants to start here. Um, but there just needs to be the excitement about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's so many things that go into the ecosystem. I mean, PR is one of them. 
capital from VCs and private equity, yeah, infrastructure, which, talent. There's not a lot of, I'll tell you from experience. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of things lacking, but they're improving. You know, this is the yeah, yeah, step yeah. in the right direction. And I don't want to sound cynical. I mean, that's why we're doing the podcast. But I mean, from experience, I can tell you that, that there, there needs to be an improvement and they're starting, there is starting to be that. And, and we want to be part of that. Absolutely. Um, let's talk about a different market. Uh, where do you want to go next? Uh, I mean, let's talk, let's hit on Chicago while, while I'm up here, while we're talking about it. Um, I mean, Chicago has a ton of the big players already. They're relatively small offices. Um, so obviously a, a Google, a, a Facebook, a, a Twitter, they all have giant offices in Silicon Valley. That's where they're, they're headquartered. Um, they have relatively big offices in New York as well. Um, but then Chicago as the third biggest market. I almost said second. It's the third. So it's the second true city, if you consider L.A. being more spread out. But as the third biggest market, they they come here. And Google has had an office in Chicago since 2000. It was kind of just like they called it a sales outpost. So you can imagine how small that probably was. Um, and then they added engineers in 2005 as the trend started to be to hire people outside of the valley. And now they just announced that they are hiring a thousand finance uh, people to join within the next year. So that's going to bring it. Um, that's going to almost double their size. Salesforce announced that they could triple their size here in Chicago, and they're actually opening a Salesforce tower right on the river, literally in the heart of the city. Um, Facebook just bought a bunch of new. Uh, a bunch of new space as well. They're leasing space. Um, they have the potential to name that tower as well, the one that they're in. Um, and this has all been within the last six months. So we're going to see this impact over the next year. And quite honestly, even up here, I don't think people are talking about it enough. I've, I've seen some stories, but I mean, I've talked to people in the tech industry here. I talked to people um, just in the, in the workforce here, and it's not thought of, but that's 5,000 people combined, no matter where it is, whether it's Chicago or Nashville, is going to have a huge impact, and it's not being spoken of. Yeah. <coughs> that was a big one. I'm hyped up about talking about it right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, you know, you should be. Uh, yeah. Because tech jobs are completely different than any other job. Uh, it's just it's just the, the nature of it. Tech, tech is this force that's not just a yeah. job. Like, it's not just, uh, it's not just a company. Like, it's not just a manufacturer. There's a big difference between a manufacturing company opening an office and a tech company opening an office in a, in a market. The big difference is tech attracts the most talent, and tech is always looking forward and improving at a different pace than a normal company would. Yeah. Now, everything is becoming a tech company. Like That's just mm-hmm. the nature of it, and that just shows you the importance of tech. But when a company that is solely focused on technology, like a Google or a Facebook or a Salesforce, when they move to your market, it's a completely different phenomenon than uh, something like a manufacturing company or um, a tax or, or one of the big financial firms moving to your city. It's, it, it, should, it should bring a higher level of excitement than uh, an Ernst & Young you know, moving to a city. Mm-hmm. It just should because it's a bigger deal um, because technology is, is that transformational. Um, and so all these big tech companies moving to Chicago, you should be hyped up. That's a big deal. Yeah, and I want to make sure, like, we're not looking down from our, our tech bro tower and, and putting down all these other industries, but 
we we see the the innovation that the tech space is doing that it seems like people on the coast see more than than a lot of people in middle america do as well yeah i mean again if you want to bring numbers into it just look at uh you know san francisco look at the rent and look at the amount yeah. of talent there and the amount yeah. of capital that that is in san francisco and it's because of technology it just it brings a different level of uh excitement it brings more capital it brings more innovation uh because of its nature um and and it's just a totally different beast yeah yeah another you you touched on a, a good point there um and i think we're gonna see more of that going forward but you said every company is becoming a tech company um another company around chicago i forgot to mention is caterpillar the the like earth moving machines you know the, the heavy construction machinery vehicles um they're opening a technology office here in chicago i'm looking at my notes now it's going to be several hundred people i don't know if they have an exact number but it's going to be a, a large amount of technology focused people that's to improve the technology on their machines um, to improve peripheral technologies like apps that owners of the machines can can check the diagnostics of the machine and all that kind of stuff um, similar to how we've talked about John Deere becoming a, a tech player. Um, but these these massive companies that hadn't focused on technology in the past need to, and they starting they are starting to. But how are they going to compete in Palo Alto to for tech talent? They're not. So they look to places like Chicago, like the Midwest in general, and they are able to tap into talent here. Yeah. Um... I definitely agree with you to a certain point there. I think that okay. a company like Caterpillar can attract good talent because it's just a staple of the United States and and anybody that's passionate about technology and you know wants to build capital or Caterpillar is like a, an amazing opportunity because it's this really traditional big manufacturing company that is going through a huge transformation right now towards becoming uh, an Internet of Things and subscription style business. Yeah, and so that's just a big opportunity as any for anybody, whether you live in San Francisco or Chicago. Um, but yeah, that company moving towards technology and hiring technology-focused jobs in Chicago for you know marketing um, and engineering is is awesome. Um, and so what what Caterpillar specifically is doing, I've actually studied this a little bit, and I've, and it's very similar to what we talked about John Deere doing, mm-hmm. is they are moving more towards what I just mentioned it, Internet of Things, where they're embedding sensors. Yeah into every every piece of their equipment. And they're taking all of that data and then building other services using that data. And so what Caterpillar will eventually become is a subscription service. You're not gonna be buying these big ass bulldozers or dump trucks anymore. Mm-hmm. You're just gonna subscribe to them. You're gonna use them as much as you need them to. And then you'll pay on a recurring revenue. You're not just going to have this huge upfront capital cost and buy a big machine and it depreciates over time. Now it's going to be subscription and Caterpillar has to move towards a tech company because that's just what subscription is. It's sensors, it's data, uh, it's building a relationship with the customer. And the best way you do that is technology. So that's what, you know, Caterpillar specifically is going through. Uh, And so that happening in Chicago is really exciting. Yeah. I want to touch on something you talked about there. You said they, they can compete with the more traditional tech companies. I, I think this is a this is a gray area because I don't want to say that they cannot. Um, but there's a reason Caterpillar and, and John Deere and any other company that's doing something similar isn't in Mountain View, isn't in Palo Alto. Um, I, I think as a 
as tech focused people here, I think me and you, we would be excited to work for a Google or a Facebook or a Twitter or an Apple or so on more than we would be excited for Caterpillar. Am I, should I not be speaking for you when I say that? Should I just be talking about myself? Like, I think that's a common thought. Yeah. Um, and here's, here's a good comparison. Okay. Um, we would be hyped to work for uh, Tesla, right? Yeah. Um, but Tesla was in one of the last major industries to adopt technology really quickly. The thing about the car Automotive industry, was, industry? Yes. Yeah. So it took them forever to make you know big leaps and changes in their cars. Yeah. And the same thing really kind of has happened with Caterpillar and John Deere is they've never really needed to make a lot of changes. They've been making inc incremental changes. You know, they've been adding you know, a lot of better GPS technology, and they're just now starting to add autonomy to a lot of their tractors over the last few years. But like these big companies are going to have to move really quickly here soon yeah. in order to fend off some kind of Tesla-like player coming into the big machinery industry and building you know, the Tesla of John Deere, of, of the Tesla of tractors. So like Ford has and like GM has, they're building out these internal startups they're not, they're not, you know, they're, they're treating them like internal startups. Yeah. And so that's what Caterpillar is doing uh, is they're kind of building their internal startups. And as those startups develop the technology and it, it becomes proven yeah. out, it'll just move throughout the entire company. Um, and that's the way I look at Caterpillar because Caterpillar is just one of those companies, you know, it's a Dow Jones industrial company yeah. and it's one of the biggest companies in the entire world when it comes to machinery they're not just going to disappear. And so over time, they're going to acquire companies that are tech-related, and they're going to have their own internal startups developing this tech. And you know, as an engineer or somebody that's passionate about technology, uh, that is passionate because it brings so much change, Caterpillar is a great opportunity because once you add great technology to that platform and that already established company, who knows what it can become. Yeah, that's true. I just imagined like a ping-pong table and beanbag chairs all with like the caterpillar logo and all these old company logos that you don't associate with tech because they try to like attract the talent yeah i mean again if they if they don't add a ping pong table <laughs> and some startup that's building tractors next door yeah. has a ping pong table yeah. you know they're gonna be in trouble if they don't have beer on tap at caterpillar they're not gonna have an app <laughs> yeah I mean, that's just part of it, you know, so yeah. companies like that have to think with that new mindset and attract mm -hmm. tech talent. And I think, I think they can't, I actually think they, uh, they have a good case to attract talent. Yeah. And we, we've mentioned by name Caterpillar and, and John Deere on this episode, but there's, there's countless others. I mean, we could do a, a whole episode just about, you know, old companies, a hundred plus year old companies that are moving into technology. And I think as that grows, this, um, this wave of tech jobs opening in middle America that we're seeing is going to grow exponentially because it's not just going to be the big five. It's not just going to be the major tech players. It's going to be every company that's looking for technology jobs everywhere. And I'm really excited to see that play out over the next few years. Yeah, I mean, as far as jobs you know, be moving everywhere, a place that has grown super quickly and just exploded with good news is Austin, Texas. Yeah. Uh, Austin is quickly becoming a major tech hub. Um, and there's a lot of factors, but uh, the news of Apple opening a second headquarters there is, is huge. 
Yeah, that kind of went under the radar too. I mean, they're opening uh, a several thousand employee headquarters down in Austin and what's already a booming tech scene. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it flew. It didn't flow. F- f- excuse me, fly under the radar <laughs> as much as the stuff in Nashville did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, that's because Austin's so doing so well when it comes mm-hmm. to technology. So um, you know, and I think a big piece of that is their culture and you know, like the arts. Um, and so when Amazon released like their criteria of cities they wanted to move into um, yeah. and what those cities needed, one of the biggest things they had on there was, you know, the arts and culture. Um, and I've never been to Austin. I need to. I'll probably need to go down to South, South by Southwest. But it's just I always hear great things about like the culture and mm-hmm. the art scene and um, the entertainment. And that's a big piece of a company wanting to move somewhere is that they're going to have happy employees that have yeah. lives outside of their jobs. Yeah. And I, I think that's, I mean, that's the the whole new school versus old school thing, which we kind of just talked about. It's, you know, attracting this talent that that is happy all around and is happy at work, is happy out of work. And I think it's really interesting that when these companies are, are searching for new offices, the, these major, major investments they realized they could get cheaper rent in the middle of nowhere. They could, I mean, they could save so much money if they just put it wherever the best tax credit was, wherever the cheapest rent was. Um, But it's not about that. It's about being in a place where they can thrive as a company and their employees can be part of the community, but they can be part of the community as well as a brand and as a company. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, Richard Branson, I'm reading his book right now. Amazing Mm -hmm. book. Anybody that hasn't read, much about Richard Branson needs to read his book, Finding, uh, Finding My Virginity. Uh, you know, he's <laughs> I like that name. awesome title. He founded, you know, Virgin Brands. Um, but his thing is like, I'm going to focus on my employees and their experience as humans and their experience working for me. That's going to be my biggest number one focus. And then because I focus on that, my customers get a great experience because my employees are treating them well because they're happy. Um, and so that's, I think that's just the theme is if you treat your employees well and you make them and put them in a situation to succeed and be happy, then that just works its way throughout every aspect of your company. And, and that's what all the markets in middle America need to start to consider is, you know, how do I build the best experience for my citizens? How do I add, you know, this festival or uh, this museum? How do I add these things that add to the ecosystem um, of the experience of, of just being here so that I can attract these companies and attract talent yeah. uh, and attract more PR and capital. Uh, it all feeds into each other, but at the end of the day, it all tracks back to your experience living somewhere and whether or not you're happy. Uh, there's definitely a lot that goes into that, but there are definitely steps that can be taken uh, to get closer. For sure. Tech is just part of the ecosystem. Yeah.